The Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Sports Stance. I'm your host, Greg, and it is great to be here with you today. It has been a while since I've been able to be on the airwaves, but I am back and better than ever. I feel kind of like Zion Williamson. I'm going to have to do this all by myself, and I am fine with that. I'm going to be talking everything from March Madness to what's going on in the MLB with all these crazy money contracts, and then to the NBA and why I actually think it's a good thing LeBron is not making the playoffs. That's right. Stay tuned for that a little bit later. But first, let's get to the main thing that's going on in the sports world right now, the thing that captures everybody's attention this time of year, March Madness. It's a great time to be a sports fan and do anything you want to through the day, but whatever it is, throw it out the window because let's be honest, you're going to be watching March Madness. Whether it's on your phone, on your computer, you're not doing your job. You're just paying attention to who you picked in the 16 first one, the 8 and 9 game, all these different upsets that only you thought of and all your friends made fun of you for. Like if you had Murray State, good on you. I didn't. So as you can tell, my bracket's already busted. doesn't matter what happens the rest of this time. Unless Duke loses, then uh, I think most of us, yeah, most of us are probably done for. But, you know, which is fine. I mean, let's all be in this boat together that everybody's picking Duke. And you know everybody is also picking North Carolina because we all want to see round four of Duke, North Carolina. Two of them with Zion because we all know what happened in round one with the shoe. And now he's got custom shoes. And how that's not an NCAA violation, none of us know. But it's fine because it's Zion and he's already going by one name. And usually that means greatness because you think about it, you got LeBron, you got Tiger, you got Brady, you got MJ. All these guys that go by one thing. And Zion apparently has already been put up into the echelon of great, great athlete. And he's only 18 years old. But anyway, we're talking about March Madness. A lot of things have happened already so far. You've already had the grudge game with Patino. And his son, coaching Minnesota, going against his former team, Louisville. He has to watch from the crowd. And what does his son do? He wins the game. It's perfect. It's a great grudge match. Everybody's happy about that. Unless you pick Louisville in your bracket, then you're not so happy about that. But that is why we love March Madness. Anything can happen. We create all these random storylines that really mean nothing to anybody except ourselves. And we make other people believe that this is really what matters. So, in general, March Madness is fantastic. Uh, I've been loving every second of it. The Auburn-New Mexico State game gave me a heart attack. How Auburn almost blew that, don't really know. But that's what March Madness is all about. It's all about these random moments that come together to create these heart-pounding games. Somehow, every single year, all these picks, doesn't matter what the seed is, The closer the seeds are, the more exciting of a game it is. Do I think we're ever going to see a 1 versus 16 and have an upset there again? No, probably not. I mean, Virginia does play later on, so we'll see. But you got to assume it does not happen again. Anyway, getting deeper into this, you look at all the different picks. Everybody's bracket is basically different, except when it comes to the final four. Most people, it seems, have been putting in either the top four seeds or or make sure one and twos, 
the one thing we can all agree on is Duke most likely is either in your final four, your final two, or your champion. I mean, they're my champion. There are at least five other people I know is champion. I mean, everybody believes Duke is going to win. But there's a reason they're not. And it hurts me to say since I picked them. But I'm pretty sure that three-point shooting and how terrible it is is really, really going to hurt them. Zion is the low post guy. We already know this. He's not going to be the one hitting out the threes on the outside. It's up to Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. The guys that are supposed to be the other two top picks in this upcoming NBA draft. And what have they done? Made Duke only the 339th best three-point shooting team. That's not good, folks. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you know stats. But being ranked 339th in most things means you're not that great. And when you look at it, it's really R.J. Barrett who's been carrying the load, especially when Zion was out with his injury. R.J. Barrett's going to be a top two, top three pick. Guaranteed. We already know Zion's most likely going number one. The thing that blows my mind is Cam Reddish. This guy had so much hype coming into Duke also with the other two. He's supposed to be a top three pick. He's been awful. Like, I don't know if you've been watching the games I've been watching. He disappears in games. He is super streaky. He either has a pretty decent game or he has a terrible game. Most of the time, it's RJ and Zion carrying this Duke squad to every single win. I mean, that's not how you win national championships. At least that's from what I've experienced. You usually can't rely on one guy to do everything for you. I know there's moments you look at Syracuse with Carmelo. You have Greg Oden at Ohio State doing all that. You have Derrick Rose with Memphis carrying guys to championships, getting to the championship game, sometimes winning, sometimes not. It really just depends on how great of a player that one guy is. And is Zion that guy? He could be. But I really feel like Michigan State, if they can make it to the final not the Final Four, the Elite Eight, my bad. If they can make it to the Elite Eight and face off against Duke, they have as good a shot as anybody. I mean, they're going to be playing that game with a chip on their shoulder. You look at the Michigan State team. They could have been a number one seed easily. Why do I say this? If you don't know for some reason, Michigan State not only won the Big Ten regular season championship, but they also won the Big Ten conference championship. So that's both Things you would think guarantee a number one seed. Big Ten is not that bad of a conference. You have teams like Michigan coming out of there who are also a high seed. You have Wisconsin who's a five. Like You have teams that are ranked highly in this tournament. Yet Michigan State somehow wasn't better than one of the three ACC teams that was given a number one seed. I mean, explain that to me. Tom Izzo, one of the best coaches there is, is a tactician. He will, if he faces Duke, figure out how to take Zion out of the game, how to basically take R.J. Barrett out of the game. He's going to make Cam Reddish and Tyus Jones be the guys that have to win that game for Duke. Can that happen? Probably not. If that is the case, if they completely can take out those other two guys, there is no way Duke gets past Michigan State. But, you know... Like everybody else, I'm going to have to assume that somehow, some way they do. Coach K is also a great coach, obviously. He's going for a record number of Final Four appearances and championship banners in general. And, I mean, 
if anybody can do it, it's obviously going to be Coach K. I mean, LeBron wants to take Luke Walton out of Los Angeles and bring in Coach K. If he could, that would be his dream. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to get into that. We're focusing on March Madness. And in case you're wondering, well, I mean, who do you have making the Final Four? Let me tell you. My Final Four this year is Villanova, Nevada, Duke, and North Carolina. I have Duke and North Carolina facing off. Why? Because it's really just the dream matchup. Everybody wants to see it. You can't tell me you don't. Unless you're a huge, obviously, any other sport fan. But if you don't really have a dog in this race and you just want to see two teams that you know will create one of the best finals ever in March Madness history, you want Duke, North Carolina. It's just that simple. I mean, there's really no other way around it. That's what I want to see. That's what you want to see. And if your bracket's already busted, why not just hope for that? I mean, my bracket's busted. Most likely your bracket's busted. Because if you're telling me you had Murray State, well, good on you. You're very smart, and I just I just didn't think about it. But in general, if that's what it comes down to, go Duke, North Carolina. No matter what, just enjoy watching March Madness. It always brings out some of the best games you're ever going to see. There's always these last-second shots that somehow go in from half court. It's just an overall fun time. And maybe have a wager on it with a friend or a buddy or a loved one like I do. My wife and I make a wager every single year. Winner gets a date planned by the loser. It's really not that bad since we like each other. You know, it's nice. So, besides that, March Madness, not much else to go on. It's middle of Friday. Plenty of games to happen tonight. Like I said, three of the top seeds play tonight. Will Virginia get upset? That's really the only one that would be funny if they do since it's already happened once to them last year. But besides that, March Madness, again, like I said, just a great time overall to hang out, hang out with a few friends, get to have an excuse to drink during the day. And have a good time watching basketball from noon to basically the last game ends at like midnight. So it's 12 hours straight of basketball. Now, instead of me just rambling on and on and on about March Madness, let's talk a little bit NFL. And by that, I mean we're really just going to talk about one thing. And it's the news that broke yesterday about Colin Kaepernick's settlement with the NFL. Now, we're not going to get into the politics of all that. We're not going to get into the details. Everybody knows what's the situation. But... The fascinating thing about this is when it was first reported that there was a settlement reached a little bit ago, I think it was like a month or so ago, everybody knew when there was no number that, oh man, this must be a huge, huge settlement. But come to find out, not that big. People were putting the number up close to the 80s, $90 million settlement that he would have with the league. It's under $10 million. That is a very small number for what people thought was going to come out of this. For a man to not have a job in the NFL and only get under $10 million, one, it says, okay, maybe there was a little bit of collusion between the coaches, the owners, whoever you want to say. Maybe the league came out being like, yeah, you know what? There was a little backdoor stuff. People saying, we don't want him. We're going to blackball him. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. So, but under $10 million. Not that impressive when you come and think about it. I mean, this guy could have been making at least $10, $12 million just as a backup for any team in the league per season. He's been out of the league now. It's going to be his third season, I believe. It's just not that – it's not not impressive at all. I mean, I don't know what you think about it. If you want to let me know, you can tweet me at the Sports Stance underscore on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at the Sports Stance. Let me know what you think about this. 
but just in general. For a guy of his talent, and you can't tell me he's not talented, he took a team to the Super Bowl, he has a gun of an arm, he can run, he can do much more than guys like Josh Johnson and Colt McCoy can for the Redskins. To not be in this league, essentially be told he got blackballed based on this settlement case, but get only under $10 million, along with Eric Reed, who was a part of this, is ridiculous. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to get into the politics that much, but I mean, if Johnny Menzel, who's now going to play in the AAF, can keep getting these chances, if all these random Joe Schmoes who keep coming out of the woodworks, getting signed by teams to be backups, third stringers, guys who are like, hasn't played in the league since 2011, are going to be able to come in, why hasn't Kaepernick? I don't know if it's him making this decision himself now, if it's still the league not wanting to take the chance on it. We've heard from his agent that he's ready to go at times. So it's just very overall interesting. This number just wasn't the number people were expecting. Like I said, I'm not going to get into it that much. Just thought I'd bring it up, give my two cents on it of how really, really thought it was going to be up at least 30-something million, 40-something million. I didn't expect it to be as high as people were putting out there. But the fact that the number was not being reported right when it first happened made me think it was a decent chunk of change. But, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick just got paid that to basically be the Dolphins quarterback for a few years while they tank. So it's not that great. I mean, if you're telling me Ryan Fitzpatrick and Colin Kaepernick aren't the same skill level, then that's just crazy. I know it's Fitzmagic. Guys, got a great beard, but come on, people. It's just ridiculous. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to get into it too much. So we're going to cut to a quick ad. Daily fantasy sports have taken the world by storm, and Thrive Fantasy has a whole new twist. Make prop picks on only the top players in each game, no more sifting through the 12th man of a basketball roster, then sit back and enjoy the action. 12-Ounce Sports and Thrive Fantasy have now partnered to offer our listeners free house money to play with. Just use the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS during your next deposit to receive the bonus. That's Thrive Fantasy and the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. Now go win. What's thriving now is Major League Baseball. I mean, it's crazy to think of how slow of a season it was leading up to spring training. You look at the hot stove, it was cold as ice. Nothing was going on. Nobody was going after Harper. Nobody was going after Machado. They weren't happy about what they were getting. Spring training hits, boom. Everything explodes. Machado gets his $300 million over 10 years. Harper gets $330 million over 13 years. few weeks go by, and then yesterday it comes out. Mike Trout is getting $430 million over 12 years to play for the Anaheim Los Angeles, Angels, whatever their name is now. I mean, they changed the front of it so many times. But in general, that is a lot of money. Not just a little bit of money, as a lot of money. It's $100 million more than what Harper is making, and for a year less. Does he deserve it? Yes, he deserves it. He's Mike Trout. He's one of the best baseball players to ever step on the field. I mean, I'm not going to be here and argue with you that Mike Trout does not deserve that contract. In fact, I think he outplays that contract. 
He's not going to be like Albert Pujols or Josh Hamilton. Any of these other signings the Angels have made over the year where the money just ends up not equating to the what the putout is on the field. Trout's going to do it, and he's going to actually be worth more than what his contract is paying him. The thing is, will the Angels be able to build anything around him? They have 12 years to do it. In his career, he has been to the playoffs once. Got swept. Plain and simple. But back to the beginning part. Spring training, don't know what it was. Everything finally picked up in Major League Baseball. If Major League Baseball could have done what they did at the beginning of spring training during the hot stove season and everything like that, baseball would have been talked about from October to now. They would have been a part of that conversation. Instead, baseball essentially was not talked about for two to three months. And people kind of forgot about the Harper Machado thing until it got close to spring training. It picked up again because people were like, this is ridiculous. How is nobody signing these guys? What are they waiting for? What are teams offering them that they're not willing to accept? And then it all just hit. You had Machado, Harper, Trout, Arenado, and then Bregman also from the Astros got signed for six years, $100 million. Then Eloy Jimenez, a guy who hasn't even stepped in a major league clubhouse to play a game. Getting a contract also that could be up worth to $77 million if he hits all of his incentives and all of that. It's crazy. It's a ton of money being thrown around just for Trout, Arenado, Harper, and Machado. Just for those four guys. Their contract adds up to $1.32 billion. That's billion with a B. Billion dollars. The Tampa Bay Rays have had a total salary over 21 seasons with all their contracts of $1.01 billion. These four players and their contracts have made more money than the Tampa Bay Rays have spent on their whole team in 21 seasons. That is crazy. That is not something that should happen. We talked about how teams weren't going to be giving out these long-term contracts. They weren't going to be spending all this money. Guess what happened? They started giving out these long-term contracts. They started spending all this money. You have guys that are going to be in their late 30s, who knows how they're going to be playing, making millions of dollars. Machado's going to be making $30 million a season. Trout's going to be making thirty-five or whatever comes out to a season. Harper's going to be making... 25 or so a season, but he did that hoping to get Trout, and well, we see how that turned out. But the bigger question here is, with all this money being thrown out to all these young talents, how does that affect the guys like Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts, who are both coming up in the next few years on being free agents, they're going through arbitration, how does this affect them? What type of contracts will they be looking at? Will Mookie be looking to get something closer to Trout or something closer to Harper? Or is he going to be somewhere in between? Is Judge going to be worth it? Because after his arbitration years, he's going to be past that prime age of baseball players. So it comes to the question of, what are they going to be asking for? I'm going to try to give an answer. I'm going to let it be known. I am a Red Sox fan. Please do not turn me off. I'm looking at you, Scott, from Craft Root Sports. Don't turn me off. I do have some enlightening things to say. I swear. So I'm going to first focus on Judge because I don't like the Yankees, but Judge is a freak of nature player who can hit home runs 
a mile and then it hits the mile and goes another mile. I mean, he just has that type of power and it's ridiculous. But the thing about Judge that I think will definitely affect his contract and how much it's worth is how much he strikes out. He is very prone to the strikeout. He's basically one of those guys where he's a little better than like an Adam Dunn where Dunn would strike out and hit home runs. Judge does that, but you know, still gets a few other hits here and there and has not a terrible batting average. But the thing is, those strikeouts are just going to keep getting higher and higher when guys learn how to pitch to them more and more. Don't know how they can get higher, but they can. And this is what I see happening. The Yankees are going to look at him and go, we want you here. We want you to be part of the team. Fans love you. We have the judges section in right field. It's kind of clever. I got to give it to them. But you're going to be past your prime by the time you can hit free agency. They might sign him a year too early, not have to deal with arbitration. But my guess is he gets somewhere in that eight-year range to $250 for total price. Because, yes, home runs are great. Defense, pretty good. But you got to hit at a high, consistent average. you got to play top-notch defense. You look at the guys who are all getting these big deals. Trout is 10-plus war. Bregman is going to be up there in the 5-6 range. Machado, yeah, he's no Johnny. As he said, he's Johnny Hustle. He doesn't hustle every play. But the guy is a gold glove defenseman. He can hit. He hits for average. He hits for power. He does it all, kind of, even if he doesn't give 100% every play. Harper already has an NL MVP. He's still young. We know what these guys can do. They are proven commodities. They have a good track record. Judge, we're coming up on the fourth season, I believe, of him. And all we know is he gets hurt sometimes. He can hit bombs, hit dingers, do it all, but still strikes out a ton. Doesn't take many walks. That's got to change. If he wants to be paid like those guys, it has to change in the next season or two because if it doesn't, he's not going to get that money. So that's why I'm thinking he's going to be eight years, 200, 250 million. Still not bad. But he's not going to be close to these guys because of that. The one guy that can get close to it is Mookie Betts. Now, yes, this might sound biased because I said as before, I am a Red Sox fan. But Mookie, again, is one of those special talents like these guys that I've mentioned. And he will be worth a $300 million contract when it comes time if he gets one for that long. Mookie should be paying, getting paid, not paying. He should be getting paid $300 million minimum over 10 years. The hard thing is, is, is there are the Red Sox going to be the team that gives it to him? And the reason I ask that is because it's been rumored that the Red Sox are going to give Chris Sale $35 million a season, which is ridiculous for a pitcher who pitches once every five days and has a track record of getting hurt or slowing things down come the summer months because he starts up too quickly. If they put all that money to sale, I find it really hard to believe that the Red Sox keep this core of young players, especially somebody like Mookie, when they can keep guys like Ben Attendi and Bogarts and all of those guys for a lower value total and keep more of them than keep one guy and have less of them. It's math. I was really good at it in school. I'm just kidding. Really basic. Anyway, Mookie Betts is going to be worth 
300 million easily over 10 years. I think he gets closer to a Harper range, but I think it'll be 350 for 10 to 12 years if he wants that. He could also go the route of, I don't want to maybe not play that long. Maybe he already has in his mind built up that I'm going to retire in my late 30s, be done with it. I don't want to be one of those guys that at the end of my contract, I'm getting paid ridiculous amounts of money, but I'm not producing on the field like I used to. I could see that. I could see Mookie wanting to do that. He's very good at bowling, so he has a second career already. I mean, the guy's ruled a 300 game before, and he's won all these different celebrities. He's even competed on the professional bowling level. I mean, he, the guy's just a freak. He has such quick wrists because of his bowling. But I can see he's a gold glover. He's an AL MVP, World Series champion. He's done all these different things. That's why I think of what separates him from Judge, especially when you look at all the guys that have already made their money. That's the biggest difference is that Mookie has that extra something. He can not strike out every other at-bat. He can still hit home runs. He can steal bases. He can make that diving catch in the outfield. He know, he can get from first to third on a single. Like All these different little things really do matter when it comes to these type of contracts. I hope he stays with the Red Sox. I don't know if it's going to be the thing that happens. We don't like to give out long-term contracts. And by we, I mean Dave Dombrowski. I have nothing to do with the team. If I did, I probably wouldn't be sitting here, honestly. I mean, it'd be a dream job. Got to work for your favorite team. But that's what I think is going to happen with those contracts. I mean, Bregman is at steal for six years, $100 million for the Astros. Yes, I know it's kind of taking him through his arbitration years, but it's a still very solid deal for both sides. They lock up Altuve. They lock up him. You know, the Astros are going to be a team to contend with for a very long time in that AL West. And speaking of the AL West, baseball season's already open, folks. Opening day happened two days ago. Yeah, I had to think about that quickly. I had to open up on Wednesday in Japan at the Tokyo Dome. Mariners, A's. And I'm only going to talk about this for a few minutes just because it was the last we will ever see of Ichiro Suzuki playing in the major leagues. I mean, it was pretty cool. He got to go out in front of his hometown fans where he started his whole professional career. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. I'm glad he at least got on in one of the games. He got walked. He didn't get any hits. I thought he was going to do one of those classic Ichiro poke through the holes in the second game, get the RBI in, and win the game for them. But it didn't work out that way. He still got an amazing send-off. And just to show how important he was to that team, to people in Japan, the starting pitcher for the Mariners, I mean, was in tears. Actual tears. When Ichiro came out of the game. Because it was an idol of his. Think about that. You grow up watching this guy. You don't know when he's going to stop playing. You're this young kid. You're coming up. He's been in Japan all these years. And you're like, it'd be cool if I got to meet Ichiro. He got to be a teammate with him. The guy's name is... Oh, probably not going to be able to say this first name. You see... Kikuchi. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm just going to go with that. He was in tears when Ichiro got to be taken off the field in the eighth inning. It was an awesome moment for everybody involved. Players, coaches, everybody gave their gratitude to Ichiro. He's been in the majors for 19 seasons. He came up in 2001. I mean, he's had an incredible career. 
over 3,000 hits. He had a thousand, over 1,000 in Japan before he even came over to the U.S. and played in the major leagues. Just a phenomenal talent. 10-time Gold Glover, won AL MVP and Rookie of the Year. The only downside is he never got to really be in the playoffs for the Mariners. I mean, we all know the Mariners over the past few years have not been fantastic. So that's the only kind of downside of Ichiro. He made his way around the league a little bit towards the end. He ended up back in the Mariners organization. Got these two games and was like, I'm done. I'm going out this way. He did it his way. It was a really cool moment. I got to watch it this morning. The other, not this morning. Yesterday morning, both games. And, I mean, it was a special. By the way, the Mariners won both games. So they technically start the season off 2-0. The next games all don't happen until the 28th. So they have some time to come back and adjust from that time zone exchange, which good for them. You know, it's going to be fun to watch those teams go at it in the AL West. The A's have some great talent. They can definitely hit. It's just a matter of can they keep up with the Astros, the Angels, they have trout. That's basically it. The Angels don't have a chance. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Next week, I'll try to give a little more of a preview of who I think might win the divisions. Quick rundown of that. But for right now, season started. Now we're off a few days. Uh, Pretty cool overall. So besides that, that's all I'm going to talk about for MLB. And next, I'm presenting you a new segment that I've come up with called Really Skip. Here it is. That's right. This segment is called Really Skip. I want to thank Shannon Sharp for all the times he said skip, skip, skip for that great intro. All right. So this is how it's going to work. Every week I'm going to look at a tweet or something that Skip Bayless said, whether it's on Undisputed, which I basically just watch the highlight clips on Twitter and figure out the most ridiculous things Skip has said. If you don't know who Skip Bayless is, he's the Grandmaster Troll. He's a Stephen A. Smith, but more annoying. I know. Hard to fathom. But you know what? He is. It's just true. He focuses on three things. The Cowboys, LeBron James, and more LeBron James. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. He's relentless. All he does is hot takes that make no sense. And you know, this week, I thought I had it. I thought I had the take I was going to use. It was Randall Cobb signing with the Cowboys, apparently making them Super Bowl team, and Cobb deciding to play with a good guy quarterback instead of a guy that's going to blame everybody else instead. But no, then... This one happened. It was March Madness, as we know. Michigan State came back to win in their game yesterday. Tom Izzo got a little bit heated, and it's all right. You know what happens. If you don't know who Tom Izzo is, I mean, all he does is get heated. doesn't matter what's happening. He just gets mad. The guy looks like he just yells all the time, especially when you hear him speaking. And Skip came out with this fun little tidbit. Izzo's fun to be around, friend to many media members. But watching him just completely lose it at his players and have to be restrained is a bad look for Michigan State and college basketball and beneath a coach with Izzo's credentials. Maybe he needs some anger management. Really, Skip? Really? You think Tom Izzo needs anger management? The man has won a few national championships, has been coaching at Michigan State for a very long time. 
Yes, he gets heated on the sideline. A lot of coaches do. But you're going to focus on this one moment where, yes, his players had to hold him back. He was in the heat of the moment. He was very angry at a player. But he didn't do anything that was out of line. Coaches yell at players. It's what they do. Plain and simple. He doesn't need to be going to anger management. He doesn't need to, you know, do any of that. He's going to apologize probably in the locker room in front of his players to that guy. It'll be on, done. They'll move past it. Things will be fine. But come on, Skip. You don't start off by saying he's fun to be around and friend to many media members. And then by the end of it, tell him he needs anger management and that it's a bad look for him in Michigan State. It's just crazy. It makes you shake your head. It makes you wonder sometimes how this man has a job. I know it's his job to do hot takes. I know that. It's just, it's frustrating. And that's why I created this tiny little segment called Really Skip. And that's been Really Skip. Ever want to make a wager but don't know where? Go to my bookie. Use promo code 12 ounce sports to get 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Listen to all our gambling shows, then put that knowledge to practice on my bookie. Make sure to use the promo code 12 ounce sports to get the bonus. You can find their banners and links to, on every page of our website at www.12ounceSportsRadio.com or go to mybookie.ag. All right, thanks again to my bookie. Uh, perfect time to make some bets in the NBA, getting down to the playoff time. And when you think about playoffs in the NBA, what do you think about? You think about LeBron James. That's right. We're going to talk a little bit about LeBron James. I couldn't not come back after being on hiatus for a while and not talk about LeBron. I mean, everybody does it. Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith. Just, I mean, you listen to a sports radio show. Somehow LeBron gets mentioned no matter what, whether it's what he had for breakfast what he did last night, what type of wine he's buying. Like, every single thing revolves around LeBron James somehow in the NBA. But the playoffs this year are going to be without LeBron for the first time in a very long time. I mean, eight straight finals. The guy has made it to eight straight finals. It's impressive. But I'm going to let you know something. It's a little bit of an odd take. And no, it's not like Jeff Van Gundy who said, trade LeBron. I'm not that crazy, folks. Don't worry. But it is a little out-of-the-box thinking in the long term of LeBron James's career. So first off, think about this. LeBron James rakes 15th all-time in minutes played, including regular season and the playoffs. He has 46,000 minutes allotted to him in his playing career. You know how many active players are ahead of him on that list? One. You know who it is? Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, old man Dirk is the only one currently in the NBA who has played more minutes than LeBron James. He's played 5,000 more minutes than LeBron. Think about that. He has played five more seasons. He came into the league in 1998. The only other guy close to LeBron on this list is Vince Carter, who also came into the league in 1998. LeBron came in in 2003. 
This man has logged a lot of minutes. And yes, I know he's a freak of nature. He is. I mean, he goes into a cryogenics-like machine or some sort and freezes himself at negative 30 degrees or whatever it is for like a few minutes after every game to help his muscles recover. It's crazy, but it's worked. Up until this year, when he went out with his groin injury, LeBron has basically never gotten hurt for more than a few games. He missed a good chunk of the season, and it showed. When he got hurt, we all know the story, the Lakers were fourth in the Western Conference. He came back, trade rumors started flying all over the place about Anthony Davis, that all went out the window, the Lakers couldn't recover, and now they're definitely going to miss the playoffs. But is that a bad thing? Think about this. LeBron, as I said, tons of minutes played. Eight straight finals. Incredible. Maybe it's a good thing he's missing the playoffs. Now not every single thing will be geared towards, will LeBron get back to facing the Warriors or the Rockets, this time in the Western Conference? Can he make it to a ninth finals through the rugged Western Conference playoffs? It would have been fun to see. I'm not going to lie, but overall, we all get a break from LeBron during the NBA playoffs, and LeBron gets a break. This man needs at least a month or two to fully rest. I mean, he deserves it more than most people, and I know people are going to be like, but Michael Jordan, you know, all these different playoffs, all these different finals. Technically, Mike took off two years. He went and went to play baseball. Now, I get it, baseball is an everyday thing, but it is not as grueling on your body as playing NBA basketball every other night, every back-to-back night, flying all over the country. I mean, baseball, I love it, my favorite sport, but it is not the same as what he has done over his career. So think about that. LeBron James missing the playoffs, a good thing. He gets his rest, he gets the summer to recover, He gets to watch all these teams in the playoffs. Maybe think about, you know, analyzing how to beat these guys next year. Maybe looking at guys on teams that are free agents without tampering. But maybe overall, it's not a bad thing that LeBron's going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I know certain people are going to talk about it every day still on their shows because that's what they do. LeBron gets the eyeballs. He gets the ears listening. He gets everything. I bet you ratings go down a little bit. Not much. The NBA is on the rise. But I bet they go down a little bit. Because, I mean, LeBron is LeBron. He's a once-in-a-generational talent. And if he's not there, what's kind of the point? You're not going to be watching Nuggets, Clippers, or whoever it is. That's going to be in the first round in the West. Where it could have been Warriors, Lakers, or, you know, second round, Lakers, Rockets. Who knows what it would have been. But it's not going to be that anymore. The Eastern Conference is where I'm going to be watching everything. You have teams over there that you know is going to be fun to watch. With the Pacers, who knows how they're going to do. They're still hanging around. Can the Sixers actually beat the top teams? Are the Bucks a legitimate contender? Can Kawhi do it in Toronto? I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but the other night against Paul George when they were against the Thunder, he smiled while he was getting defended. It's weird. Kawhi Leonard showing emotion. Don't know how I feel about that. But, you know, things change. Times change. Maybe this is the year Toronto finally gets over their hurdles without LeBron in the East. And nobody in the West, again, has to worry about him. 
But overall, LeBron not being in the playoffs, I think actually is going to be a good thing. Because just in general, as I said, with all those minutes played, he's top, yeah, he's 15th all time. The closest person to him is Carmelo Anthony, who is a full 10,000 minutes less played than him on this list. That is the closest person in the same draft class. That is insane. This man does not take a night off. Even when he did, he missed maybe a few games every year. Most of them due to just rest, not injury. This year we missed because of injury. We saw him drinking the wine. We saw him having a good time. I know there's a lot of controversy with this Lakers team. Luke Walton's probably on his way out. Who knows about Magic Johnson? He needs to bring in at least one or two good free agents, one max probably, and another good high-level guy that can really score and you know work off ball because LeBron needs to have the ball in his hands to make things happen. But we'll see. It's going to be an interesting summer. Who knows? Maybe the Knicks end up being good next year. Wouldn't that be something to see? Besides LeBron, let's talk about the Warriors, who, you know, a little bit of a skid this year. You know, they've been kind of up and down. They've had some games where they look like they're not really into it. But guess what? They're still going to be there probably in the Western Conference Finals. Who they're going to be against will be the more interesting thing. They may not even be the number one seed. The Nuggets and them are that close at this point. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It brings a little energy back into that top range of the playoffs. I think the Warriors need that. Oracle has not had that same vibe in it all year this year. Even Klay Thompson came out saying we need our fans more this year. They're just not getting as up for games as they used to. It's interesting. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all the KD stuff, him you know, having issues with social media, the media in general. But they need to figure it out. They've gotten back on a little bit of a roll. Good time to do that. But I don't know. I don't know if I see the Warriors making it to the finals this year. This might be the year that they finally don't make it. Which, if they don't, forget talking about top team of decade, you know, dynasty, all of that. Because the Bulls did it six times in the 90s. Warriors, if they don't make it this year, I don't think they can claim that. I don't think they're going to be making it every single year then. Everybody's getting older. KD might be leaving. Draymond, Clay, who knows what's happening with their contracts over the next few years in general. So, I mean, they got to make it this year to get number four. I don't know if they do it. I'm going to say right now they don't. I don't think they make the NBA Finals. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Especially after this year. They're, you know, they have 20-plus losses. It's a whole different feel of the team. Their bench isn't what it used to be. I know they got Andrew Bogut back, but, I mean, he, he only does so much. I mean, he has a hit injury prone. He's not a huge point getter. He's just kind of a big body to throw in there on defense when Boogie can't handle the defensive coverage or if he gets in you know, a little bit of uh, foul trouble. So we'll see what happens with them. Something else I do want to present to you today, though, guys, is the weird fact of the day. All right, every week I'm going to be trying to find some weird fact in sports. You know, maybe something happened for the first time. Something that happened only every few years. Just something to give to you. So here's the weird fact. Weird fact. All right, weird fact for this week is J.J. Redick, for the first time in 827 games in his career, finally got a double-double this week. That is right, J.J. Redick, the man you hated at Duke, 
because he made all those three-pointers. Still doing it in the NBA today. Been doing it for years. Finally got his first double-double this week against the Hornets. He put up 27 points and got 10 rebounds and was two assists away from a triple-double. So he was almost at his first double-double and triple-double all in the same game. Pretty crazy to think. That long, he's never had a double-double in his whole career. I thought that was kind of weird. That's your weird fact for this week. Weird fact. All right, that wraps it up for me on the sports stance. Uh, Glad to be back. First episode in the book on 12 on Sports Radio. Big shout-out to them for letting me get the opportunity to do this. Uh, Over the next few weeks, I'm hoping I won't be riding as solo as much. For not just my sake, for your sake. I know I have an angelic voice, but, you know, I want to get some other opinions in here. And if you feel like reaching out and giving me your sports stance on anything I said or anything that happens in the week until my next show, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at sportsstance underscore. Or if you even want to send in an audio question or your thoughts, anything like that, you can find me at info at the sports stance with two S's in the middle, blog at gmail.com. You know, and, you know, just let me know what you think. I'm glad to be back. Go check out all the other great shows on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. This weekend, enjoy March Madness. Hopefully, nobody's brackets get completely destroyed tonight by Duke. Hopefully, Zion, you know, does what Zion does. And if he doesn't, well, we can all just burn our brackets in solidarity. And if anything, if you're going to put money on it, go to my bookie and try to make it a little green. Have some fun. Who knows? All right. That's it for me. Again, my name is Greg. This is The Sports Stands. Have a good weekend, everyone. The Sports Dance.